The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now here's the host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. The founder of Blackman Rakowitz Public Relations is here this morning, and I have with me um, a regular guest by the name of Glenn Ebersall, and we refer to him as the prescription doctor because what Glenn likes to do for his clients and for his associates is write the prescriptions for a great PR formula when somebody is sick and needs some public relations help or improvement. Welcome, Glenn. Glenn, are you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you say, hi, I'm here, after I said, welcome, Glenn. Yes, and I said, good morning, Cindy. Ah, well, I guess there was a little bit of a sound blip. I thought what would be a lot of fun today is something that we did before. It's kind of dissect what's going on in the newspapers and talk about prescriptions in general. But before we go into specifics, I think that you and I both agree that the the news in general right now needs a prescription to show some positive cause and effect when you're in a recession and then, you know, what happens when you eventually come out of it without making promises of what day that's going to be. And I think that it's very rare that we're finding that in the papers today. You have to really have a magnifying glass. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. What's missing is the, is the whole story. You know, that okay, here's what's happening now. Here's... Here's what we're trying to do. Here are our expected and anticipated outcomes instead of just taking one of those uh, segments. How we got here, where we are now, and where we hope to be. You're, you're exactly right. And I think that it's our responsibility as PR experts to kind of try to, you know, stretch the news to a point where it's at least fair. <laughs> it's like when you have client, when you're doing a political election, you have to have equal time and fairness. And what's happening now with the economy is you, you have fear mongering and you know fear mongering and disaster. And I, I can't believe that the press at large are not realizing that there has to be another side. And you know, I, I talked about a magnifying glass yesterday. I was calling through the Wall Street Journal, and I read the Wall Street Journal every day. Probably not a good idea right now, but I do anyway. Do the same, sir. Uh, well, there you go. Well, yesterday, you might remember in the Personal Journal there was a very interesting story about what happened in 1929, um, and it talked about how this quote unquote recession cannot be a repeat of the 1929 Depression because. So at least it gave people context, and it explained that in 1929, the bailout had to take place due to stocks, and stocks were just simply paper. And on the positive side, what the economists were saying and the academics were saying is that, you know, at least in real estate, which really was a major part or a, a conduit to this recession, um, will come back in some kind of value eventually because, really, it's property. It's not a piece of paper. That's correct. And one of the things I was thinking back, and, of course, one of the prescriptions that uh, we talked about uh, one of our uh, earlier shows was a, a need for uh, people that are speaking, and, and let's say in this, in this election, to display some empathy and concern in what they say. And I think that's what we're getting at. And, and in that article you referred to, yes, it says this is what happened. Here's how we can contrast 
the situations so that people have a more understanding and hopefully will lessen the fears. Uh, the prescription really is is to be honest and to provide enough information so that people get a much clearer picture, as much as that is possible, uh, to form their own opinions of how they are at risk. Exactly right. And again, you had to, I said magnifying glass, was it on the front page of the Wall Street Journal? No. I mean, it just wasn't. It, <laughs> the, you know, the Los Angeles Times yesterday, and obviously that's a little bit too colloquial for you because it is a very colloquial paper. <laughs> it's very regional. Um, you know, the LA Times, the, the feature story um, was about a man who shot himself in the head and his family. Oh, no. Um, you know, I, I again, it's like, so is this the kind of snapshots that we're getting across the nation and, you know, our more local, local-based newspapers? Because even though the LA Times is a, long, is a large newspaper, it's, you know, it covers Los Angeles. Yes. So, um, I, you know, there's a, a man who was a financial planner, so he was in the financial business to make it worse, and he really saw no way out. He was, you know, he went into complete panic, and um, he he ended up writing a note that this was the only way he could find his way out of a mess, and he shot his, he killed, he killed his kids, and he killed his wife, and he killed his mother-in-law, and then he shot himself in the head. And um, I'm like, oh my God, is this why people jumped off of buildings in 1929, because of the fear-mongering, and, you know, people really really, truly feeling that they didn't have any way out. Well, that's not the case. There is a way out. And, and this, we, we hear today about, you know, what are the causes of stress. There's so much, you know, stress. And, and frankly, people are not equipped um, too many times to handle stress. How do you handle the stress of these things? How can you possibly stay calm in these things and think through them? And, and where's your support? You know, where's moral support? Where's the support of friends or somebody to, to just listen uh, to what uh, you know you're feeling, and so as a result, I you know I think back, uh, Cindy, the uh, the last job I had as an employee uh, before I started my own business in 1982, I worked for a company, and this was the last really big recession we had was in that 81, 82 with you know the prime rate 21 percent, 22 percent, that they were laying off people, and they laid off a young architect who was like 23, 24 years old. He was living at home. He didn't have, uh, you know, other obligations as far as his own uh, own family, where he would have a wife or children, and so forth. And after he got the news that morning that he was being laid off at lunchtime, he drove up onto the Pennsylvania Turnpike, parked his car on a bridge, and jumped. Well, I, you know, that's sad when when a young person feels that there's no other. Um, alternative. I mean, it's sad for anyone, but in this case, a, a young person who felt there was no other way. Okay, here's a great prescription, and I think you'll agree based on this conversation so far. And, you know, prescriptions can sometimes maybe influence lawmakers. I don't know. You know, we, we're watching a lot of, um, you know, solutions from our political candidates. And, you know, listen, it's an election. They're going to fight hard to tell the people what people need to hear, and that's very nice. But wouldn't it be great if there was an emergency bill passed? And again, I'm, this is just really pie-in-the-sky Pollyanna wish, okay? Sure. Where the government assigned, you know, 
volunteer therapists, let's say, for the lack of a better description, you know, people who are experienced in social work, um, experienced in at least depression management and stress management, and make them available 24-7 for anybody that feels they have no other way. You know, I, I think that's a great idea. I think that they're starting to build, and, and we may see some of this, the pressure that comes on, you know, the, uh, our soldiers uh, when they return and all the things that they're dealing with. And, and there's a group that certainly needs that kind of service. But you're right. By having some kind of preemptive, preventative kind of uh, solutions, if you will, or activities for people, that we may be able to avert a lot of these really tragic Situations, and we look and say, "Well, what's the cost of that compared to the real uh, cost of the loss uh, of these people and the cost of the loss of uh, confidence?" Well, that's true, and also I think that it's really it's realistic. If it's a volunteer system, and I, I really do think that there are people that have hearts and that will volunteer. I really do. If it, you know, just like a, you know, a, an alcoholic suicide watch system. I mean, you know, I, I think that there are really good people. It's not going to, you know, the cost would be just letting people know about it. Yes. And the cost would be <clears throat> the government maybe putting together some kind of 1-800 line, you know, 1-800 line, yes. you know, survive or whatever. And then, you know, just it, it will find you somebody that's available. And I have the faith that there would be millions of, you know, certified mental health professionals that would do this. I really, really do. And we can make this happen tomorrow. I was going to say, the uh, development of an 800 number, or a toll-free number for people to call and have uh, volunteers, because that exists now, Cindy. I know it does in our area with a number of agencies where there are volunteers that will be available to take these calls. And, and I agree with you. I think that uh, I have enough confidence in the people of, uh, of this country that, that care enough that said, you know what, I'll volunteer one day a month or I'll, you know, whatever it is. Once a I'll week, whatever. And that, you know what, well, you know what, Glenn, you and I can figure out a way to make that happen because if we make that happen, we're doing something really, really great. It, it would certainly make a difference in my mind. I, I totally agree with you. And, uh, to, to, to save people that they say just they know they can pick up the phone and, and talk. I tell my clients that all the time. Listen, I prefer that you don't call me in the middle of the night, but if it's essential that you do that and you need to talk to me, then I want you to do it. And we'll even play your therapist too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I know, and I agree with that. That's why you and I are very respected in our fields. We, you know, we make all we do everything we can for our clients and. Even make them feel at ease when times get a little tough. So I, you know. I love that. I love that idea, and it would be so great if uh, there was somebody that uh, you know would hear this and uh, would say, you know what, that is a great idea, and, and what can I do to help facilitate establishing, you know, something, you know, like that. Well, I think that the next step would be for you and I to probably talk to a local congressperson, unless we know somebody, you know, a little bit more connected. Yes. <laughs> But um, it, wouldn't we advise our clients to talk to a congressperson about that because they're the ones that want to get the visibility and the votes and the community support and all of that kind of stuff? Well, and now's, now's the time to do that. Uh, I was in Washington two weeks ago today, Cindy, for the day, meeting with our uh, congressional delegation who would be Senator Arlen Specter, is a long, long-time senator. A good man, cancer survivor. Yes, and, uh, he, and he looks terrific. 
And, uh, you know, I may not always agree with Arlen, but he is one of those people that you want to talk about straight talk, you do get it from Arlen Spector. I There's no doubt in your that. mind of where he stands on, on something. And, uh, and then uh, we went to Senator Casey's office, did not get to see him, but then Congressman Pitts, Platts, and Holden. And it was interesting, being there at that time, that, that historical moment where they were going to vote that day on the first bailout plan, they all shared, every one of them, that they had one call each in favor of this plan. People were so angry. Their phones were nonstop I would imagine. calling to express their total disgust and anger about this Wall Street thing and the fact that some of these people were walking away with tens of millions and, in one case, $150 million. No, it's, uh, it's disgusting, and we could talk about that more in the next segment. It sounds like you and I have so much to talk about, and what's even best, stay tuned, because when Ebersol and I are really determined to make a difference. So we're not just flapping our lips. We're actually trying to come up with some solutions. So stand by until the next segment, and we'll have more with the prescription doctor. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. Festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production of 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment that's R-A-K-N-R-O-L-L entertainment Com, or call 1-818-597-0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rock and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakn.rollentertainment.com Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and and pundit Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back and we're talking to Glenn Ebersol, the world renowned prescription doctor for getting better news, better times. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Cindy. We're talking about something major here. You know, it's funny. You brought up before 
the fact that when, you know, our military servicemen and women are deployed overseas and they come back and they're dealing with pretty high stress levels too, post-traumatic stress disorder. And, um, you know, I, I am only bringing this up because you brought it up. Yes. And um, it, it's, it's funny. It gives me a gratuitous opportunity to, you know, mention one of my clients, which is um, it's, they're, they're musicians and they're, you know, they're vets. And they are determined to build the first, facility of its kind for people returning to the U.S. after war, I mean, you know, soldiers returning back after war, Maui, Hawaii, that would have jet skiing and whale watching and all of that kind of stuff. It's called staystrongnation.org. And, um, you know, what we've discussed in our strategies is the fact that you didn't have to, you no longer have to be a military service person to have post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. And um, a good example of that, and a RAND study demonstrates this, and certainly the New York Times as well, is after 911 was yeah. the way that the war came to the civilians here in a major city in the United States. Yeah. So there are so many people who were in New York City that were a part of that, let's call it, explosion, okay, yeah. Yeah. that are walking around now as if, they, as if they were in Iraq. You're exactly right, and I had one of my, my clients that I'm coaching that was there that day. She had uh, worked for uh, Verizon Telephone, if I recall correctly, and uh, she shared her story. Um, I mean, it just had me riveted listening to her of what she went through that day because she was very close to entering the building when this happened, but what it, what occurred is she ran into a friend that she had not seen for a long time and stopped and took extra time to have a cup of coffee with this person, knowing that she would be late for work. Mm. That was a life-saving decision that she made. That's a, well, you know what? People really have to think about their choices, don't they? Yes, they do. And... Um, Bless those people that uh, your client there that's doing that. What a, what a wonderful uh, project uh, to it's do. It's a great project, we're... and we're hoping um, we're, you know, in fact, going to Portland, Oregon next week to meet with a company called Evergreen Aviation, and they run a program called the Wounded Warrior Mentor Program. And what they do is proactively look for military service people who no longer are in service, and try to get them jobs because jobs is real. Having a job for somebody that is suffering from PTSD is probably the best prescription um, because it keeps people busy. It makes them feel like they are not useless, um, and it takes their minds away from the constant fear. Well, one of the things that that that, that really strikes with me, uh, Cindy, and I may have shared this with you before, but uh, one of the uh, one of my friends who was my friend for 23 years, was a gentleman by the name of Ed Davis. Captain Ed Davis, retired Navy. Mm-hmm. Prisoner of war, Vietnam, seven and a half years. The 21st prisoner captured. And uh, he... Wow, that was early on, on huh? Life, uh, because I told him that he was my hero, and of course he, he didn't like me to tell him that, but I said, I'll put it in context. I said, what I mean is that Ed... You are such a influence on my life, and you're you're such a um, an important part of when I need 
to get back on track, when I need to get my head back on straight and to stop complaining or thinking about something, I say, you know, when I, when, for example, if the world's not going according to the way Glenn would like it to go, I said, Ed, what I would do is I simply say your name very softly to myself, and I'm brought back to reality. Uh, well, there you go. That's very nice. I bet you you powered him, too. Uh, well, he shared the last word. Every time we would meet, Cindy, we would always part with the words, keep the faith. The last time I got to speak with him, which was about a week and a half before his death, uh, at the end he said, Glenn, and I also need to tell you something else. He said, you are one of a handful of true friends. Well, that's, I mean, listen, that's very empowering for you to remember him with because you and I have discussed in the past that we know that real friends are very, very few and far between, especially and, when times get down. Boy, do they disappear, don't they? Yes, big time. And he uh, he was one that, uh, I mean, he had things that, uh, that occurred in his life, and then later he was he, he died of pancreatic cancer. Uh, battled it for almost two years. Uh, but the things that he would have, his flashbacks and other things that all came from those uh, experiences in uh, in Vietnam. And uh, that's why this is so, so, so important to have this kind of a, a facility and this kind of program for people. They, they need to go somewhere. And I, I had uh, two classmates that were killed in the war and uh, one who came back and um, just one day went off and, walked down the main street of the community and was shooting a rifle in the air. Well, no, and that's a, that's an extreme effect where you can be dangerous to yourself and dangerous to others. And right. what happens is is that the, you know, the facilities here in the United States and, you know, the hospitals and even some of the mental health care facilities that are available for our vets um, dismiss it. And, you know, if if somebody comes back and says, you know, I killed my cat in the bathtub and I'm not really feeling good about that, they're like, oh, well, that's normal after what you saw in Fallujah. You know what I mean? Oh, so, wonderful, you know, yeah. You know, so just take, here's, you know, here's a couple of Ativan and, you know, you're going to feel better in the morning. And it's because they don't really have the, I guess, the budget allocated for mental health challenges after coming back from active duty. And it's frequently dismissed. And rather than, you know, investing in long-term treatment, and there are some effective treatments that have been found. In Israel, they're, you know, they're doing a magnificent job of treating their soldiers after battle with all kinds of experimental stuff that, you know, really puts the stress in perspective. There's something called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reorientation. I know that's a mouthful. But what that does is it, it, a licensed therapist will help the patient process the trauma through the left side of their brain rather than the right side uh-huh. of their brain. And, um, you know, so therefore the emotional element dissipates and the logical and analytical part of your brain reinterprets the information. So therefore, it doesn't have that heart-wrenching emotion every time you think about the, the trigger. Right, and that, that makes a lot of sense. It really it sounds very logical to me as, as an approach to that. It, it's, now, it's really, okay, like anything else, not, it's not 100% effective. Sure. It works on some and it doesn't work on others. It really depends on what the trauma was and, 
you know, who the person is and, you know, there's a lot of different factors. But that's really, it seems to me, if there was, you know, some kind of de-stress drive across the country where, you know, people, you know, EMDR can be um, implemented on some of the military bases where people have just returned, um, you know, it, it couldn't hoit. That's, that's correct, yeah. Well, you know, this whole thing about our, our theme about the straight talk, thinking about that, too, and I was trying to find some, you know, definitions about straight talk, and it includes straight talk about, you know, the condition that our, our soldiers who have sacrificed so much uh, come back. And, you know, straight talk really is, is about being direct and, and being, uh, you know, really honest. Mm-hmm. Because somebody say, well, I'm a straight talker, and I talk, you know, I talk straight to the people. Well, you know, yes, we can talk straight to one another, but that doesn't mean we're being honest. No, no, that's exactly right. And I think we see that a lot in the debates. You and I had discussed that. And yes. We see it a lot. I mean, listen, you know, a presidential de- debate, I mean, it's historically been rhetorical. And, you know, it's everybody's job. Well, it's the candidate's jobs to win the votes. They're yes. each being, um, you, know, s- you know, sales chiefs for their parties. Right. And the game is, you know, here's what he's going to say, so you have to counter that with this because you're going to get more of the woman's vote. I mean, it's all the statistical game. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, the public already has is feeling bad about the financial economic crisis. And then you, you go and you listen to the debates, and they're on their points, and, you know, it doesn't matter what the question is. And, of course, if you and I were advising those people, we'd probably tell them to do something similar anyway uh, to get their points across. But... You know, the American public now feels so violated. They've been lied to, they've been disrespected, and they are truly mad as hell about this whole thing and how it was uh, shared with them in, in the way of information. And plus, you know, the, the, uh, the outcome now, the, uh, the bailout rescue or whatever term we want to call it, uh, people still really don't have a good sense of what's in there and oh. how does it really impact me. No, they don't, but that goes back to, you know, I think the um, lack of fair coverage of, you know, this monster. There's, you know, everything has press coverage, as you know, and if we were going to turn this recession into a living thing, it's a monster, and the monster's getting all the press, and, you know, the goodwill is not, or the history of this happening in the United States before or happening in countries that are a little older than ourselves. Yes. Okay? It's not being looked at enough. It's not being examined enough. I want to read in the front page of the Wall Street Journal how, you know, Shanghai, you know, survived a lot of mini-recessions, you know, even though as it was struggling to become a capitalist player. Right. Where, okay. you know, where are those? You know, we, we know when all this negativity is, there's, there's always at the end that, that space for, you know, well, here's, here's a positive story out of it. And what we'd like to do is reverse that, take the tail end and put it up at the head end so that we do see that kind of headline say, you know, despite all this, here's a success story. And here's the things that, you know, quite frankly, let us put this in a historical perspective, as the Wall Street Journal did in the, in the one article, of, you know, here's the things that weren't in place. Exactly, exactly right, exactly right. It, it really did make me feel better. I mean, reading the fact that, listen, anybody that owns a home today is feeling like they own nothing, yeah. okay? 
Um, and, you know, at least it made me feel, it opens up my eyes that if I ride this out, at least we have a home, you know? And um, so something very, very positive. There was a positive emotion elicited after reading that story, and it was, like, buried. But listen, we have to take another commercial break, and then we'll hear more about straight talk and prescription writing for hard times with Glenn Abersall after this. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties, festivals. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Now back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're back with Cindy Rakowitz from Blackman. Public Relations, and we're here with Glenn Ebersall, an ongoing guest, a regular guest, who is the prescription doctor, and he runs his public relations company out of Pennsylvania. Is it Philly? Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is about 65 miles west of Philadelphia. Uh, okay. Well, I always remember the Pennsylvania thing. It's hard for me to remember the cities, but... <laughs> 
Yes, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I've actually been there. I've isn't that very near? Oh, it's Westchester, Pennsylvania, where QVC is, right? That's correct. Is and that that's, near uh, you? That's, that's closer to us. Actually, it would probably take me uh, maybe an hour to get oh, there, if that's okay. 45 minutes. Um, what's, the po- what's the political landscape like? You know, you mentioned Darlene Specter before, but um, what, what's the political landscape like in a place like Lancaster right now? Which in in Lancaster, uh, Lancaster has the county about 500,000 population, and I'm um, thinking it might be 170,000 to 200,000 uh, registered voters. Lancaster County has been a real Republican stronghold forever, but the Democrats just uh, went over a uh, 100,000 registered Democrats. And this is, a, this is huge as far as a trend changer. And there are many more people here in the uh, county that you're seeing Obama signs, and you're seeing Republicans lining up to support Barack Obama for president than they are John McCain. So there's a lot of changes going on here in Lancaster, which has typically been uh, a take-for-granted Republican uh, stronghold. Well, I think the cause and effect is, and Lancaster is a great example, is um, whereas John McCain, I think, is indeed stronger in terms of his foreign policy experience. I mean, a fact is a fact. Um, when it comes to the economy, I think that you're going to find a lot of Republicans, like the ones, your neighbors in Lancaster, yes. that, you know, see the economy right now as a more immediate, how it affects them, day-to-day problem. And, um, you know, foreign policy can be outsourced easily. I mean, you know, maybe Obama, you know, was not a POW, and maybe he doesn't have, you know, the military history, um, textbook memorization and experience that Mr. McCain has. But, you know, Obama certainly has has proven that he surrounds himself with really great, you know, you know, top-grade people. I mean, the person that's running his campaign is just a genius, you know, from marketing to management. And, and I, I agree I agree with you. And you about, about facts, I was thinking about this, and it came to mind, and, and of course, you would probably remember this, not only because we are, are contemporaries, but uh, from where you are right now. But I'm thinking, you know what? I think we need Jack Webb. You know, Sergeant Friday saying, just the facts. Just the facts. Um, you know, in the uh, dragnet, he was always after the facts. Right, right, right. Drove him in his role as as Sergeant Friday. Uh, but you're right. As far as I, I went to actually see Obama, uh, because it was within walking distance of my house, and it was amazing to see the crowd was estimated about fifteen thousand people coming to hear a Democratic candidate in Lancaster County. Unprecedented. Oh, unprecedented. It's uh, you know I know that Lancaster. I mean you know. And let me ask you a question, because I've never seen him in person. I've just only seen him on, you know, in his telegenic state. Yes. Um, is he as charismatic or more charismatic in person than he is on television? I'd say more so. Yeah. Because, um, you know, you're actually, you know, it's in, in real time. You're right there. And uh, absolutely. And the other thing that I've observed, which to me is, is very hopeful, it's very encouraging, is that for the first time uh, since I'm going to say John Kennedy and George McGovern, young people are totally engaged. And I remember the John, I remember the Kennedy McGovern um, ticket. I was very very young, 
Um, but, you know, it, it, there was excitement to it. I, you know, I think that if anything really worked to um, Barack Obama's ticket's advantage, it, you know, maybe that's the positive of the, of, you know, making people open up their eyes with the economy because I think that Obama so far has proven that he's probably better equipped to, to make changes fast. Well, that, that seems to be the opinion, you know, when I, um, I'm online or AOL or something where they do these little polls, which are, you know, nice to get the pulse of things. That, that's coming across in the way, at least, that the people responding to that. Uh, the other thing is this economic situation. To me, that's a huge, huge stone anchor around John McCain's neck. He can't duck it. He can't run away with it. Uh, I'm really quite sick of hearing the term maverick because <laughs> maverick is really somebody that's truly independent that doesn't go along with a group. Are apart, and uh, he's not differentiating himself relative to that. But I think that's a huge weight that uh, that he's having to deal with. No, I think it's it's true. It's true, and um, I, you know, I, and I'm really trying to speak objectively. I mean, you know, that's why I'm I stated the case that I think McCain is stronger in foreign policy because. You and I have to, at least we have to try to be fair when we're talking to the public. I just, I have disclosed the fact that I am an Obama supporter, so, you know. Um, but you I, said the, the operative word was fairness. What is, what is fair? And, and I, I agree with you that as far as where the strengths, where the strengths lie, and that uh, everyone is due to that, and I think that they need to be, it would be nice if they were fair to one another also. Oh, I think so. It's getting, the hatred between them is just, you, you could feel it. I mean, if you're a sensitive person anyway and you read body language, it's really, it's, it's making my stomach hurt because <laughs> McCain and Obama are together. It's just kind of, um, you could feel the loathing. You could, you know, they're really disgusted with one another, particularly, well, again, I disclose I'm an Obama supporter, but McCain, you know, really seems to be disgusted with Obama. <laughs> well, you know, it's unfortunate that some of the things that are being said are, are half-truths are untruths, and, and, and this goes on, on both sides. Uh, some of the more, what I would consider super negative ones, you know, may be coming more from the, the one direction. But I think whenever you say some of these things, you need to remember that uh, prescription of uh, don't tell a known untruth because it will always come back to haunt you. Oh, well, it always does, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean... And, and also, don't leave out facts that might be damaging in the hope that the media or the people are not going to know the difference. No, it's exactly Those right. Those two prescriptions uh, right now could be, um, could be really uh, very valuable to both of them. I, no, I think you're right. Now, I want to just kind of turn to the vice presidential debate for a second. Because, um, you know, with my Playboy background, I just noticed something really funny. And, again, you and I look at a debate different than other people do because we're looking at it yes. as if we were perhaps behind the scenes. I mean, what you know, what are their coaches telling them? You know, why did they say that talking point the way that they said it? And, you know, I think that you and I probably look at it, you know, more analytically than your regular Joe, right? Agree, okay. definitely. So um, I'm watching the vice presidential debate, and what really struck me, and it just made me laugh so hard, is that Sarah Palin reminded me of my media training days of Playmates and Playmates of the Year before I had to put them on to a television show. 
And what we would do is we would sit down with them and we would just tell them to repeat their talking points over and over again. And no matter what the reporter asked them, they should say, yes, that's true, and if you buy the July issue of Playboy magazine now, you'll see more of what we have to talk about. <laughs> Amen. And you know, I, I said you know, uh, earlier uh, today in our show that you know, if we'd be advising them, we may give them some of that advice about stick to the talking point, no matter what the question is. Always come back to what it is that you want to talk about. And all she did over and over again was like, oh, golly gee, but I have to tell you, if you vote for, if you vote for Mr. McCain for President of the United States of America, you'll see that all of these things will be taken care of as she looks right into the castle. <laughs> she is well trained. Uh, for that, you know, and uh, the other, uh, of course, the Saturday Night Live and, and Tina Fey have just, uh, you know, <laughs> it's such a great thing. And I, I think Tina Fey could, oh, she has, has to be related some way or another. Oh, it's uncanny and hilarious. I mean, just uncanny and hilarious. And, um, you know, I, and I, just, I just couldn't believe, again, like, it, she was, yes. I mean, Sarah Palin is trained very well, but I think that her people realize that she's limited in her capabilities to address an in-depth answer. She, she is really a talking head out there. She's a great public relations person. Yeah, yeah she'd, be, she'd be a great spokesperson. You well, know, that's what, in, in essence, Glenn, you know, that's really what she is. I mean, she's doing for the party what you and I would do for a client. That, that's, that's right, and I think that, uh, you know, her, her uh, performance certainly was better in the debate than it was in the Katie Couric. Uh, oh, my God, what a disaster. Well, you know, Katie was, you know, listen, Katie's a veteran news, you know, broadcaster. She's, you know, very, very smart. You have to remember how many years she was on the Today yeah. Show, et cetera. I mean, so, you know, she's smart enough to anticipate also how Sarah's going to be trained and how to get her out of it. Right. And uh, also that goes back to another prescription about knowing who you're dealing with in the media. And, and the one where, you know, having John McCain sitting next to her and interjecting things, I, that, was, uh, that was a disaster in my view. Well, it, well, it, I agree with that. Uh, if, I if I would have had the opportunity to give advice, it wouldn't have been, uh, well, well, Senator McCain, I think you ought to go out there with her and sit next to her as her dad. Uh, no, well, I, <laughs> well it, it did seem that way. It's overbearing. And that's why, again, I, I think Playmate, I think of, you know, great PR, you know, great public relations, great spokesperson. Um, you know, the party did need her energy. So I think yeah. that, you know, therefore it was a positive move. At least she's injecting some youth into the party, um, and that's probably a smart move. Um, and she is appealing to the oh golly gee person in America. <laughs> so, I mean, yes, but I was just reading, I think, in the Wall Street Journal this morning about, or, or it might have been yesterday, about how the, uh, the backers, the uh, people that supported Hillary Clinton, uh, are not being swayed by uh, Sarah Palin. Well, they're very, they're smarter. I mean, they're, you know, Hillary backers are very smart. We're going to take one more commercial break, Glenn Ebersol, um, and then we'll hear a little bit about what you're doing, talk about your business a little bit, give your website out. And um, this has been a great show so far, so stay tuned for more um, information. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, yachts, parties. At Rack and Roll Productions, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, book releases, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio. Rack and Roll Productions gets the job done whether it's an intimate party or a production with 2,000 people. In fact, you've probably seen and heard our work on the E! Channel, MTV, The Howard Stern Show, or in the pages of numerous newspapers and magazines. Now it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of Rack and Roll Productions. Visit us online at www.rackandrollentertainment. That's R A K N R O L L Entertainment.com. Or call 1 818 597 0700. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio. Rack and Roll Productions, we do it all. www.rakandrollentertainment.com. Real Talk with Marcy Mason, a refreshing and charming talk radio show for all of you entertainment enthusiasts. Whether you're stargazing on Hollywood Boulevard or in the stands cheering for your favorite team, Real Talk is here to satisfy the curiosity of the dedicated lifestyle and entertainment enthusiasts by giving everyday people the information they crave about what's going on in their communities and the world around them. Don't miss Real Talk with Marcy Mason, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Did you do your homework today? Relationship Homework is a program about working with others in the home and in the workplace. Relationships with others are vital in getting work done. You'll learn guidance and reclaim the power to expand your capacity to take effective action in your relationships at home and at work. Each program will include a weekly homework assignment to take back and implement over the following week. Join host Udall DeLeo for Relationship Homework every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now let's get back to more stars of PR. Here's your host and founder of Rack and Roll Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Cindy Rakowitz with Blackman Rakowitz Public Relations here with Glenn Ebersol, the prescription doctor and public relations professional and regular guest on the show. Glenn, talk a little bit about what you're doing with your company right now. Well, right now, a lot of what I'm doing is working uh, not only with companies but with a lot of individuals that, again, a lot of this is coming from uh, the need for an executive coach or a life coach or career coach kind of thing uh, because of all the things that are happening out in the, the world. These people... Uh, the youngest is 19 years old. The oldest is in their late 60s. But they're in the midst of change. They're in the midst of a career change. They're in midst, the midst of a some kind of life-changing event, and they need guidance. Uh, who can we talk to? Is there a process that we can go through so that whatever decision we make, we can feel a lot more confident about it? And the other thing is doing a lot more uh, public relations work with clients to help them build their image, uh, to strengthen their brand, and also to help them create themselves as a resource for the media to contact. I have one that I'm working with right now that uh, 
um, one of our goals is to establish his credibility uh, with the media so he becomes a resource, uh, but also so that he is established as a, an authority that will have uh, opportunities for him to be a, uh, a keynote speaker at some of their uh, industry events. Well, good, good. I mean, are your clients panicking a little bit? Um, they are not sharing that with me, um, I guess, other than they say, Glenn, these are the concerns. And the ones that I've been uh, working with relative to the strategic thinking and planning, part of what we always do is looking ahead. Strategic thinking is always about looking ahead. And what are the things that we can do to lessen the impact? And one of the things that I've written, it's called, um, a strategic thinking manual to immunize your business against recession. And there's five strategies in that. And we talk about what are the strategies to immunize the business. And also I said, you know, there's challenges, issues, and opportunities. And I said, well, excuse me, challenges, issues, and problems out there. What I want you to do is think of each of those as nothing more than opportunities wearing disguises. And we talk about how we can identify the disguises they're wearing take the disguises off, see the opportunities, and take action. Well, you really are like a You know what? You, you really are like kind of a life coach. You're not just a public relations guy. Although public relations people should be life coaches. That's a different story. But don't you, you do kind of see yourself as a life coach. Yes, time. absolutely. And, and public relations plays, you know, plays a role in that. And it's the same way with their business. It's said now's a time when you shouldn't be cutting back on marketing and public relations. This is a time that you want to establish more uh, presence in the media, and well, there's I, ways that we can do that, and, and getting them to commit to a intentional plan that, that we lay out to do that. And uh, so now I think is a very opportune time, especially if they have some kind of positive story to share in these economic times, and I do have some, that they're working you know, three shifts to manufacture their product, some others that are doing some expansions in this, in this time. Those are the kind of stories I tell them that we have a chance to pitch to the media uh, to get them some really positive exposure. And now's the time. It's really funny. Um, it's not funny, but it's a fact. Um, you know, in this kind of economy, the, the, you know, the upside is for people who have managed their money well and for people who have anticipated this and they might have some money socked away, it might be the best investment to buy a house now. Yes. You know, oh, the, the market is unbelievable. There's so many great houses on the market, and that's... And Being that's, given away. I mean, you know, the foreclosure sales, you know, here in you know, the Beverly Hills area, you've got $14 million houses, and, I'm, you know, listen, not everybody has this kind of money, but literally, you could take your five, $500,000, put it down, okay, and as long as you've demonstrated that you're able to keep a mortgage, okay, in a conventional way rather than the funny money way, that house is yours. Yeah. The uh, the other thing I've seen is you know with the uh, public relations is that they're they're becoming my clients are becoming much more aware of the the benefits of of doing this very intentionally uh, to gain this exposure and uh, so it's it's part of it's an educational process and a maturing process on on their point and on their part excuse me and I think that I have some opportunities now in working with these people to make sure that they utilize what I call, I've developed something called 35 Reasons and Excuses for Positive Public Relations. Sorry. And to get basically all the people in their companies to be sensitive to what are PR opportunities that put us in a positive light. And once we do that and educate them, then they start coming forward with ideas 
which then we take and uh, pitch stories or articles to the to the media. No, I, I think that's. I think the top thirty-five. I want to hear some of them in a minute, but I wanted to continue talking about the real estate investment sure. because it was actually um, an analogy to public relations. You know, so if you you know if you have not used funny money to you know mortgage your your home, um, if you have you know had an idea that maybe you shouldn't spend as much as you could, even though you were given, like, all of this crazy credit at 26%. It's the same thing with public relations. It's almost like now's the time to break through the clutter, and it's the most cost-efficient way to do it. Maybe you can't spend $3 million on an advertising campaign, okay? But in order to keep your business visible or yourself visible or whatever the client may be throughout these tough economic times, you need, um, you know, you need a coach like you or myself who could take them through this time and teach them how to connect to the bad news in a positive way. Yeah. Amen. So, and I love the analogy about all the clutter and we'll say the clutter and the noise so that you can be seen and heard above the clutter and the noise. That's what you and I can really do to help our clients and say, do you realize that you've got something really positive here? And there's people out there looking for these stories. Maybe it's not the national media but maybe there's regional media. And even so, there's some uh, things that are coming across my desk now, Cindy, which are exciting, where they are a series of media queries that come through. And I look through those every day to find opportunities where I can plug a client into one of those opportunities, where there may be a magazine writer doing a story. It might be a a reporter on uh, one of the dailies that's doing something or some kind of story. I'm looking for those opportunities that I can plug my clients into to get them that very positive exposure uh, in the media, uh, and again, you and I, we both use our, you know, our query, you know, connectors, yep. and there are many of them, but you have to really know how to use them. <laughs> and um, you know, it's um, you're right, I, you know, and particularly in the economic and financial um, categories, um, there's so much of a need right now for academic and, you know, experienced people and positive news stories and economists and former financial planners and all that kind of stuff. In fact, I just pulled one off this morning that I got by email before the show uh, that it's a person writing an article on how small businesses are, are surviving and thriving in this economy. So that's one that I'm going to follow up on. Oh, well, and I, I think that you have some very, very good stories to tell. And, you know, in the way that we started out this show today, it's, you know, we need equal time against the monster, which yes. is the recession monster. And it's people like you and I can make sure that our clients are given that equal time against the monster because, listen, nobody's going to, you know, the only way you could fight back a fire is with, like, a lot of water and a lot of manpower. And... You know, I think that it's our jobs and our responsibilities to, you know, hose down that monster and give, you know, the positive point of view. But at this point, we have to wrap up the show and always fast, right, Glenn? Always, always. It just goes by so quickly, and it's such a, a great time, the energy that we uh, we create uh, between us and uh, hopefully for your listeners as well. Oh, absolutely. And the people, you know, uh, that you send the podcast to, it's all, I think this is a very good um you know, added value kind of show for our clients. So with that, I'm going to wrap up and, um, 
you know, thank you, Glenn Ebersol, prescription doctor, for joining me as always. Oh, you are so welcome, and uh, you know, I enjoy being here. And hopefully, if Cindy will have me back, to quote Arnold Schwarzenegger, "Will do, will do. Have a great week. You too." Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific time for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. We'll see you next week.